Hey everyone, I'm Ian DeBorha, and I'm the host of IMDb's first podcast, Movies That Changed My Life, a podcast where your favorite stars break down the films that made them who they are today. Each week, I'll sit down with actors, filmmakers, and more to talk to them about the movies that changed their lives and inspired them to create all the great work we know and love. You can listen to Movies That Changed My Life on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts today. Um, how do we begin? Uh, do we go too high or do we keep the energy up? Uh, I, I say we play it in the middle. Right in the middle? Right in the middle. So no, hey, uh, hey. It's not, it's not feeling, hey. Yeah, yeah, we'll take our haze down. Hey, hey. Uh, uh, welcome to Fat Man Beyond. I, could, I, I'm, I was trying to take my halo and then my volume came low <laughs> for some reason. Halo. Halo. <laughs> uh, welcome to Fat Bring it down. <laughs> I can't. I don't know. If I, From the top? Season? Yeah. I, I, I don't want to come across to like, you know, welcome to Fat Man Beyond. I'm Kevin Smith. I'm Mark Bernard. Hey. Hi. Hi. Um, slow news week. Slow news year. Yeah. Nothing, nothing noteworthy has happened. Uh, kids, I, before we take a step forward, um, uh, first off, our hearts go out to uh, the family, friends, loved ones of George Floyd. Uh, that's at the epicenter of all this. Of course, it goes beyond that, uh, as we're seeing and whatnot. Uh, but, you know, as the world today uh, reflected pent-up rage, justifiable rage, um, as the world burned today, it didn't seem like a great idea to come talk about comic book movies and the Snyder Cut and stuff like that. So I reached out to Mark and I was like, do we do this? And as I tweeted, for those who maybe didn't see the tweet, um, Mark, who's got, you got a computer near you? Yeah. Read the words exactly, because Mark got big kudos. Um, <laughs> they were like, he's such a good writer. And I had to read that over and over again. <laughs> <in> my... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he is, but. Like, come on, I, but this is my tweet. He's got a friend. <laughs> do you have it? Do you want Mark's? Yeah, the, my tweet, but Mark. His, his quote in my tweet. Give yourself a JC shot, if you will. JC, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, okay, let's see. You tweet a lot. Okay. Uh, with all that's happening right now, I felt it felt trivial to do Fat Man Beyond. So I asked Mark Bernardin for his take, and he said, quote. All right, do your best, Mark. Like, don't oh, butcher man. this quote. This is well, don't do an impression, Fox. Okay. <laughs> Especially I, now. I don't need that. <laughs> yeah. None of us do, JC. Uh, All we're saying is, like, you know, give it the okay. gravitas the quote has. I think it might be important to do a show addressing both the things that are tearing us apart as well as the things that bring us together. So, yeah. So, we're here tonight because Mark said something very eloquent and very true. In a um, text. So in a text, <laughs> and that's where all the best things yeah. are said. I mean, it's lucky it wasn't a, a GIF or an emoji. Um, you so bear with us. The show is going to go places tonight. Mm -hmm. But we only came here tonight because I put up that tweet, and I was like, "Look, thoughts. What is everyone feeling?" And overwhelmingly, people were like, "Listen to Mark. <laughs> Mark <laughs> is the smart one. Why would you ever question Mark?" So we're here tonight because the folks at home asked us to be here tonight, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we will uh, we'll have a, a chat and whatnot. Um, you've been staying off Twitter. 
I have. Yeah. Why? Tw- Twitter and and Instagram have been, you know, at some time sources of both information and respite and joy, but all too often, especially this last week, it's been pain, and it's been a kind of pain that personally, you know, it's important that we saw the footage of 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 Mr. Floyd being killed, yes. being murdered by by police officers. But seeing it over and over and over again, even with the best of intentions, even with the best of like, this can't happen again, justice for George, like all of that stuff. And I, and I understand it. And I get what people are feeling by sharing it. But ingesting those images got to be painful after a while. And if it was the only time that this sort of thing had happened, it would be like an isolated occurrence. Okay, we'll just move on. But it's it seems to have been the overriding, you know, meta narrative or one meta narrative of the last ten years. Yeah, has been, you know, with frightening regularity. Here is footage of an African American, usually man, being killed by police, or at the very least, being killed by somebody pretending to authority that had been captured on a on a you know body cam or cell phone footage or, or whatever mm. and the and not to say that it's commodification because i don't think anybody's making money off of this but i think there is this this regularization this nominalization this idea that this is just the way things are yeah um the normalization of this that after a while just you know it 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 chips away at the armor that at least I have to put on every day going out into the world. And it's, you know, what do you mean? the armor is just for you personally, just for me personally. Like it's, you know, it's, it, it is a concept that I think that most African-Americans are incredibly familiar with. And most white Americans are not is the idea that, that walking through the world carries for me a level of, um, endurance that I think it might not carry for for my white counterparts simply because you know there is apparently an incredibly legitimate chance that for no good reason of my own i could be like walking my dog or like taking pictures of bird in central park and somebody calls a cop on me because they don't like a thing that i say there was i just read a statistic today and i can't even quote what it is so this is specious at best but still sobering one in 1,000 black men will be killed by a police yeah. officer. It's, it's something like, you know, 171% more likely for it to happen to me than it'll happen to you. I you saw know. the, I, I mean, look, I, when I saw the footage, it's horrifying. Uh, you know, like everyone else, you're going, get up, get off, get, get stop. Um, but then I, I it's not complete contextualized and compartmentalized but as horrified as i am as a human being there is a remove Mm. for me so for you it gets to a point of like there is no remove you see george floyd you see you i see me i see my dad i see my kid like i see you know most of the people that i grew up with and it's you know and you have to you have to build up some kind of callus to that right like because you have to go into the world you got to go do your job and you got to be you know, the kind of person who can earn the kind of money that will provide for your family. And you've got to be, you've got to be a, a human being in the world. And with that comes a certain amount of, of just being able to absorb um, the things the world throws at you. And like, I don't complain about it because there's no alternative to it. You know, it just is what it is. 
and you know explaining explaining to people what that feels like is difficult because there's no context for it. I mean, we're talking to somebody about the idea that America, and forgive me, guys, but America is a racist country. And I'll say, well, I'm not racist. Like, no, and I'm not saying you are. I'm saying that it's a racist country. And racism not being used as simply not liking one person because of the color of their skin, but racism as an economic system mm -hmm. in the same way that America is also a capitalist country. And like when you were born, you never chose to be a capitalist, right? Like, no, America just happens to be capitalist. Right. Sure. And you benefit from that economic system. And as such, like you, even if there was no moral attachment to it, you would call yourself a capitalist, whether or not you own a business, whether or not you are in the stock market, whatever it is, you're just a person who goes to a job. Yeah. It's like, well, America is also a racist country in that it was a country built on you know, and like for legit built on the idea that we are going to have a labor force that works for us for free. And part of being able to wrap our heads around it came the subjugation of those people because otherwise, how could you look at yourself in the mirror and having taken advantage of vast swaths of people in such a way? And that has been the economic base from which a country is built. And so it's built into the DNA of America and it still is there, you know, and when you watch things, on the news, like riots in, in Minneapolis, riots in Los Angeles, riots in Atlanta, and you, and you wonder, like, how could this be? Why are people this angry? And then you look at, you know, um, white dudes with guns going into state capitals demanding that, you know, we lower the quarantine because I want to go to the nail salon. And those people with guns who show up in the government buildings don't get tear gassed. Yeah. They don't get beaten. They don't get marched away. They are just... Clearly, you deserve to be here. Whereas people beginning peaceful protests, and you know, I am as horrified as anybody else is at what those protests turn into. You know, there's one today. There's that one walked today. up uh, Fairfax and La Cienega, went to Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. um, there's footage of people on Rodeo Drive, 20,000 people, I think I read, kneeling in protests. Mm -hmm. Bodies everywhere, but nobody beating anybody. And then the reports are that the police showed up, and that's when and that's when it gets people tough. started. And, like getting... in, and it's also unclear who within those twenty thousand people are burning things and breaking things and smashing. And they weren't things. even doing that on Rodeo Drive. It was literally looked like a sit-in. Mm -hmm. Like, and this was live. It wasn't just a photo. It was like somebody was tweeting it, and that was they. And then they were saying. You know, within the next 10 minutes, the cops showed up and all hell broke loose. Yeah. You know, and it's uh, while I can't say it is not for me to condone or not, like I don't have authority to condone anything. Um, but I understand the the anger, you know, and I understand that the anger is compounded by the fact that we are all still wrestling with COVID, you know, which, which I mean, is its own thing. I, I literally forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly. Yeah, that was not. And that wasn't the top news story. And for the first time in a long time, in a long it was time. not about. But, and that's the other thing. It's like, it's deceptive because you're like, all right, this is the story now. Mm -hmm. And now you start going like, well, that's clearly not as big a conflagration. Let's deal with this. But we forget that. Right. You know, and, and it's, we can still get infected. And it's also, it doesn't go unnoticed that the president is more than happy for us not to be talking about 100,000 deaths in America. 
he is more than happy to say those thugs and you know when the looting starts the shooting starts because that will exacerbate what's happening because it does not seem to be within him to find a way to unify he just continues to divide for his own personal gain mm. sorry gang don't mean to be political but the world's on fire so why not talk about it you know and so the fact that like yes every sometimes it feels like every other week with frightening regularity we get footage of somebody being killed by the police that hadn't always led to riots you know and riots slash rebellions call it what you will um but there is this quote that i've been seeing floating around a lot from martin luther king which is a riot is the scream of the unheard and that that is how you get people to take notice of you like they're not going to give you anything for free you have to find a way to force them to action and riot is the way the disenfranchised do that on a larger scale neither here nor there but you know there has been a series of of events like this that haven't prompted this kind of violence but also you have COVID on top of it which is affecting the african-american community at a deeper rate than it affects almost anybody else except for native americans and that can also be traced along like income lines and in income inequality lines and who has access to medical care and who has access to to goods and services that should be part of the government and what they you know owe to you as a citizen who pays taxes and so all of those things together you know all of the it's it's this this melting pot ironically of fury and this is what happens when it bubbles over and and it's and so to to see this coming in and to see this on my timeline and you know to to see and and another part of the frustration is and and you know i not to make it any more racial than it already is but there are tons of 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 white folks on my timeline who i love deeply um and then tons who i just don't know at all just filtering through who are again like justice for george floyd you know whatever and like donating money and i get it and i get it but this isn't a new occurrence like it's not as if we suddenly knew that this was a thing that happened to, to African-Americans more than happened to anybody else. And so the, the hurt comes from, are we going to forget this again? Like, is this just a thing to put on your timeline because it feels like it's a thing that should be on your timeline? Or is it a, I'm actually going to remember this when it comes time to vote. I'm gonna remember this when it comes time to look at these down ballot, you know, and who's the sheriff of my town who will be in this particular role until he gets fired or dead? Is it a lifetime appointment? What's that guy's policies? Like, how does he feel about militarizing the police? How does he feel about overreach? You know, looking at, you know, from tip to stern, like president all the way down. Like that's, that is technically when we have our chance to affect change. And the past three and a half years has not been overwhelmingly robust in the, we're not happy with the way things are. Mm. Um, so it's all of that anger and it's all of that frustration and it's all of that like, you know, my mother will, you know, call me up and be like, you know, and I think a lot of people's mothers do this. It's like, I thought that we dealt with this in the 60s. It's so <laughs> weird you said that. I asked Jen's dad, my father-in-law, uh, Byron, mm. lovely dude. Uh, you know, I said, you, you were around in the 60s. Was this as bad as it was then as it is now? And he was like, oh, no. And he was like in law enforcement. Mm. He was like, no, he's like this. I've never seen anything like this. Um, yeah, I used to kind of take comfort going like, well, you know, this country went through upheaval in the 60s and survived. Mm. And to hear somebody who was there go like, not the same thing. 
Like <laughs> it's kind of scary, scary times we're living in. Yeah. You know, and it's, and I wouldn't alive in the sixties. Don't know what it's like, but you know, there, there is enough information, both anecdotal and legitimate that supports the idea that it was always bad. The only thing that changed is that everybody has a camera now. Like everybody can document it. Everybody can see it. Yeah. And it's easy to, to read about it in, you know, the, the fifth story and the ninth page of the paper, but like seeing somebody's life get choked out, seeing a 12 year old get shot in the back, seeing, seeing, seeing over and over again, it's hard to forget. And that is, that is, I think what most people are hoping that doesn't happen again is like, let's not forget this happens all the time. You know, the coroner report comes in. It's like, well, we can't actually support the charge of murder because apparently there were other elements. And it's like, no, dude, he's, yeah. you know, it's like, eh. and so this, this is a flare up of anger and frustration and, and to a certain degree, lack of faith. Um, a in, flare up though that we haven't, I've never seen anything like you. I mean, I haven't seen anything There've like been it. riots. Like everyone, you know, talks about '92. They had riots here in yeah, LA. I but mean, the, the yeah, the, the LA riots or the the Rodney King riots. This is happening, like everywhere. Yeah, I mean it it, it. it. I mean, Ferguson also blew up in a big bad way that that moved beyond Ferguson and and started to swell all over the country. And and major urban centers get it more than anybody else does. Atlanta, New York, Chicago, LA. Um, but I think that. You know, like I said, it's compounded with the fact that we're all enduring an ongoing American trauma, you know, and the the inequality even of that trauma. Um, And that's all that this is at its core is like, hey, maybe don't kill me so much, you know, like maybe treat me like you treat everybody else. Like it's just equality. Nobody wants like (laughs) nobody's out for advantage. Like this isn't to like gain territory. It's just, hey, maybe maybe let's look real hard at how we train police officers. Let's look really hard at how we do things like grant mortgages and, you know, extend unemployment benefits and, and health insurance and all of those things that will help people not feel so much as if they're just barely holding on so that one thing is there to tip them over the edge. Um, but you know, like all of this happened, like I had been avoiding the news as well because it's, you know, I also have but so much tolerance for, all right, let the mayor's going to tell us again how bad the COVID figures are. But, you know, we're looking at reopening stuff and it just gets to be a steady march of information yeah. that doesn't change very much. The narrative doesn't change very much. But then I found myself watching the SpaceX launch today. Ah, I you saw know, that as well. And, you know, I. Oh, how nice. Like, you fucking writing son of a bitch. <laughs> Did you know this whole time? You're like, I'm, I'm going to take it real, and then I'm going to take it real inspirational. I'm, I'm going to take it to space. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull out of this dive. <laughs> oh, somehow. my God. Right up into the heavens. <laughs> I saw that. It was, ra- I mean, I sounds stupid to say, but it felt rather soaring to see it. It did. I, I rolled a tear because. Nine know, years it's been? Since- nine years since Americans launched an American into space from American soil. And, you know, it's been, what? 45 years since we went to the moon, but whatever. But even still, like, that's huge and massive and, you know, inspirational, even though I hated all the music they played during the launch. I'm like, guys, ease up on the Vangelis. I get it. It's awesome. You know, but at the same token, I found myself both like, I rolled a tear because we launched a dude into space again. That's fucking awesome. 
And then I'm like, but we didn't do it. Elon Musk did. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> and that like, help NASA. 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 But um, but I'm like, and the president shows up and uh, gives a big round of applause. I'm like, yeah, but America used to do this. America used to do this. Yeah, I didn't quite follow the story. What did uh the the space I mean X? SpaceX, it's their rocket ship, like their money. Like they spent like they've been spending 10 years refining how to launch people into space. And NASA has given up doing that. So the what I read, sorry, I'm just going to jump. JC, in, jump in. Is that uh, NASA was excited that a company like SpaceX is doing the uh, kind of grunt work of putting people in space uh, that can be profit driven because now NASA can focus on space missions that are that no uh, company would ever do because they're not profit driven. They can focus on exploration, doing a more Star Trek-like, for the betterment of mankind mission. And SpaceX can uh, send astronauts with supplies up to the space station because they can make money off of that. Mm. Yeah, but like in in the same breath, this is the president who's like, the post office doesn't work. We have to abolish it because I can't figure out a way to, a way to make money. It's like, dude, if 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 profit is the way that you want to pull this you know, country out of, you know, whatever the hell scape it's in now. Can't NASA make a profit on hiking space shit into space? Yeah. Like, and if you can't do that, I don't understand it. And I remember Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, years ago saying that if you like, it was one half of a cent of every tax dollar went to NASA, then you could fund space travel for the next 50 years. And they couldn't manage to squeeze out a half a penny for the future. And so we now have to seed that future to people like Elon Musk. And, you know, good, bad, and different. I don't know if he's had his Tony Stark transition yet or if he's now, like, if he's the pre-sliver-in-the-heart like, Tony Stark or the post. Like, I built the Iron Man suit and flew into the desert Tony Stark who needs a cheeseburger and wants to abandon his evil ways Tony Stark. Don't know yet. But Is very, he even Tony Stark? He was always, like, I remember reading that that was kind of the model for how they were envisioning the current Tony Stark, like Favreau back at the jump. Really? Like, said Elon Musk? Yeah. It's like, he's, he's the closest person on earth we have to that. It was like Elon Musk and Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, but the, the tech billionaire visionary. Um, but Tony Stark's vision happened to be in weapons. And so of course he had to shift that to. Um, this it. rocket here works though. It works. So they, that takes Elon Musk one step closer to Tony Stark. <laughs> country, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. And like, it was super inspirational and like lovely and wonderful. And here's what, here's what, a, 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 a you're so Mark about it though. You're like, it's, it was super inspirational, but man, why did they have to fucking have SpaceX there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's um, always something. With it's you, always Mark. something with me, but yeah, like it's, it is the you know it's what's next like what's next is the thing that drives us as a as a people as a society as a world you know what's the next thing that we get to conquer you know and space space we're you know we're explorers at heart and so the the fact that we had abandoned that version of exploration um was a little sad to me you know it's nice that i get to work on a star trek show where it's, it's all about like the joy and wonder of exploring space. Well, let's be honest. Now, today's special effects, it's better to watch it than <laughs> the do fucking it. do it. <laughs> Nothing up there. No, no, no Klingons. No, no nothing, man. The, the closer, the more 
dudes we like hurl into orbit, the closer we are to the Wally future we actually really want. Oh, you're fucking true. So it's chairs <laughs> floating around on chairs, sipping cupcakes out of straws, <laughs> just watching my movies on my magic motorized chair. Uh, before we began the show, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we were trying to figure out what the structure of the show uh, would be, and um, we were talking about like, do we do Q and A tonight at all? Didn't seem like kind of night to do Q and A. And uh, the two sample questions I threw out that we might get, <laughs> like, there's a question one would be like, Kevin and Mark, how do you fix this? <laughs> and I'd be like, Mark, uh, Mark? <laughs> you want to go first? <laughs> As I channel my inner Obama and try to get some kind of speech. Then we talked about the second question would be, uh, dear Kevin and Mark, how would Batman fix this? <laughs> and that's when me and Mark figured out that's the problem here. Yeah. You know, like is Batman, honestly, he's spending all his money on tumblers and caves that like only like four or five dudes are going to go into and not like, you know, school systems and, you know, systemic support. And Mark was saying if he would just invest in infrastructure, <laughs> he wouldn't have to beat up so many people. Yeah. Like you can't actually fight crime by literally fighting crime. <laughs> I'm a punch it in the face a lot. Like I, yeah, I'm attractive, I suppose. Not effective. Um, I'm sure somebody would argue like he does that already, but he's still got to fight crime. Like, well, let me see the paperwork on that. Yeah. Like actually how many more school lunches could he buy if he doesn't have to buy another tumbler? <laughs> That's it. One fucking, you know, batarang. Yeah. What does that cost? I mean, as we discovered, he's got to like import this shit through black market companies from like and China. Then, either he or an old British man hand make it. <laughs> like he can't have somebody manufacture it. He's got to make it himself. Yeah, you know, it's like I got to build a bat jet. You could, or how about a bunch of school buses? He's like, yeah, but I know. You know what if? <laughs> follow me on this. Guy in a mask takes over the city. <laughs> with a nuke <laughs> i'll need a plane yeah <laughs> or, can it look like a lobster <laughs> <laughs> an angry black lobster floating around pittsburgh i tell you what i'll build you your fleet of buses if a they're all black b the shape of bats and c i can remote control them when i need them to do some shit for me <laughs> yes kids on their way to school and some <laughs> sides come off the bus self-destruct mode activated no! <laughs> it becomes a fucking pod <laughs> i need the bat bus pod <laughs> Um, um, so yes, Batman would not have a solution for this. You know, wasn't there that great SNL sketch about when Batman goes to like a dinner party and he runs into some dude who got beaten up by Batman? The one though, they did a sketch a couple of years ago and it was like uh, Beck Bennett played Batman, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he was Bruce Wayne, and the idea was like food giveaway at Wayne Manor <laughs> and fucking people coming in are like, you know, my dad got beat up by Batman. And like, it was like a really violent, <laughs> unnecessary like, attack. Oh, but surely he learned his lesson. Nah, he can't walk because his back is broken. So now he's like a meth addict to, you know, help with the pain. And like, then everyone oh. who kept coming in was like Chris Red is the new guy or yeah. something. He was just like, y'all talk about Batman? To my homies, my homies are up there just walking down the street and Batman swung out of the sky and punched <laughs> him in the face and snapped his kneecap. It's like, oh, Batman would never do that. Clearly, he must have. No, man, he was just coming back from his day job at 7-Eleven. And fucking Batman just annihilated his spine. Oh. Who is it? M Melissa Villasenor? Yeah. Uh, she comes in and she was doing like 
like a Puerto Rican accent. She's like, y'all talking about Batman? And she goes, I hear uh, the Joker's got a plan to cut off his wiener. And Bruce Wayne was like, what? Hold on. That was a good sketch. It man. was pretty great. It was like a Thanksgiving sketch. They were giving away turkeys or something like that, if I remember. Yeah, yeah. It was a good sketch. But, uh, um, all right. Uh, so, yeah, the world is on fire. It is. Um, you know, how does one, how do we, how do, what do we do? Uh, I mean, I think that, that, so much of it involves education and information and some acknowledgement of both privilege and responsibility that comes with privilege and realizing that the narrative that we have all sort of come to learn and know about America is not necessarily the truth of what it is. Not to say that it's fake news, never gonna do that. I'm just gonna say that America paints a picture of itself to make itself feel better. Yeah. And we occasionally get to witness the attempts at rewriting that picture. You know, not long ago, there were like Texas schools maybe or some school system in the South that wanted to have in the, in the social studies textbooks that the Civil War was not about slavery. And it's like, no, you can't do that because that's what it was. Like that legit is fact and, and trying to rewrite that is dangerous. And... And I know that things like that have been rewritten because it was, wasn't very long ago that I discovered that the Statue of Liberty was not about immigration. The Statue of Liberty was literally a present, present from the French in the late 1800s, recognizing the end of slavery. Like there are chains at her feet and broken bonds. And it was all about, you know, give us your, like, like your, your, your humbled masses yearning to breathe free. free. Like it's about slavery and it's about the freedom of slavery. And America does its best to pretend that that was never part of its own history. But the more we acknowledge that that's what we are, the quicker we can find a path towards being something better. And that is, I think, what at least I hope comes from events like this, is that we all kind of look at ourselves and, and, and our perspectives on the world and find where we're wanting and where we're lacking and change and demand change. And you know, there's, there's ways to demand it that require um, legislation and campaigning and donations and all of that stuff. And then there's ways that require blood. Sadly, those are the ones that manage to get the most things done, especially in America. Yeah. You know, like change is an awful, ugly thing. And there's almost always a price to be paid. And from the very beginning of America, like somebody's got to bleed for it. And, you know, all too often, um, it is people who look like me. So I'd love it if we could find a way to the other change so that people who look like me don't have to put on that armor every day going into the world. That's generous. I thought you were like, let's flip it so people that look like you <laughs> have to deal with this. I'm like, well, I mean, I'm sure there are other ways. We there are other ways. But yeah, again, it's like right. all that anybody wants is equality. Nobody wants supremacy. And the, the hardest thing in the world is to take supremacy from people who already have it. Um, so yeah, let's just do better and open our eyes and remember the things we see when they're open. Um, I'm so sorry for you, my friend. I, I've never even thought about that aspect of like, you know, like the extra fucking step it takes to leave the house. Like, you know, no matter where I was in life or like, you know, I grew up poor, so I understand not having shit and I was fat. So I understand people being like, you're an outsider. But I, nothing ever made me scared for my life to leave the house, like ever in this, in this world. Even in a blackout where all the lights went out and shit when I was a kid, like 
not there was fires down the street from us i've never been afraid to leave my house just because because i'm white i guess i yeah. mean it's I mean, something I, that goes through your, on some level goes through your head all the time you know it, it goes through your head in the same way that like gravity goes through your head and that you know that if you trip and you fall you're gonna hurt yourself like you don't think about it it doesn't necessarily stop you from doing things but it's it is more painful when you realize that no matter what i do what i achieve how much money i make how many tv shows i work on how many twitter followers i have how many people listen to a podcast as wonderful and glorious as all of those things are that will not stop that from happening to me because that is never going to be part of the narrative of here's why i shot this dude because they won't know any of those things right. there is there is a fear that has been built in both systemic and sometimes personal that is completely overrides apparently any logical um threat assessment like i'm scary so i gotta do a thing you know and it doesn't matter anything about my life that that's a possibility every day and you have to push through it and you have to find a way to to just conduct yourself in the world that doesn't you know belie that much pain because nobody wants to live like that nobody wants to live afraid um, and I don't, but I live aware, which right. is a different thing. What do you tell your kids, especially in the midst of this? Um, you Although know, they've grown up in a world that, like you said, the last 10 years, this is unfortunately like a regular occurrence. And that's why we're seeing yeah, I mean, it's, people react right now. It's the, it's the hardest part of being that kind of parent, which is, I wish I didn't have to tell you that you can't wear a hoodie, but I have to tell you that. Like, I wish I had to, t I wish I didn't have to sit down and tell you, like, I know, man, you just did a dumb teenage thing and you just, like, you did a stupid thing at school and you, you quote unquote, not even quote unquote, you stole a sandwich because you didn't have time to buy it. And it's like, yeah, I get it. Innocent crime. You know, to the other dudes who might be on your water club, water polo team, it's fine. But for you, wait a second. <laughs> Who's on a water polo team? My kid plays water Is he polo. Really? He does. Your kid's got a fucking horse. And it's an aqua horse. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Seahorse? A seahorse. Oh, my God. He's like Aquaman and all those old 70s drawings. He's riding fucking seahorse and shit. 70s drawings. Didn't he do it in the movie as well? Uh, he did. He rode two sharks, I believe. Never rode a seahorse? I don't think he rode. Mer Mira rode a seahorse. She rode a seahorse? Yeah. I get that movie was long. But there was so much movie. There's a lot. There's so much it's like, I can't take all of this into my brain. I got to so reconsume it, man. It was fucking like powerful. There was a lot going on. Yeah. Um, all right. Wait. Back to yeah, we So it's the like. You just understand that you will be judged on a different scale than the rest of your friends. And you need to be aware of that. Mm. And, and the, the second, third, fourth, fifth shots that some of your friends might take to get into trouble are not available to you. you know, and I know you don't want to hear it. I know you don't want to start living your life this way. And I don't want that for you either. But you need to be aware of it. That in the world, this is a thing that you need to deal with. And I hope it never comes up. I hope it never happens. But it might. And you need to know why. I mean, George Foot, bless you. You're right. Is that sneeze? What kind of sneeze is that, JC? <laughs> you might want to put that mask back on. Um, <laughs> the uh, you know it, the George Floyd story begins with a like crime no greater than 
potentially using, writing a bad check. Writing is that what it was? A check? That's what I'd heard. It was either a bad check or like a counterfeit. A bad 20. twenty. I've read that it was like a bad twenty or something. And you know, I can't imagine mm. anyone thought that's where it would lead. No. Like the 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 truth of it is for all of these crimes, which, you know, at best are misdemeanors. Yeah. You know, the sentence for those crimes should A, not be death, and no. B, be carried out in a court of law and not on the streets of whatever city that we're in. Right. You know, and the, the difference between those lives, the difference between, you know, just being able to kind of just live your life like footloose and fancy free and always having to wonder, did the dumb fucking thing I did 10 minutes ago sentence me to death? You know, and it's it's hard and it's tough. And and the fact that the only thing that is keeping some people like there was footage um, a couple days ago, which I chuckled at, but I shouldn't have because it was kind of tragic of, you know, the police rolling up on some homeless guy. I want to say it was on like Hollywood Boulevard or Santa Monica, whatever. And Denzel Washington like gets out of his car to kind of like mediate the situation because Denzel, our greatest actor, you know, Legit was like, if in a minute this could go south, and like this dude is clearly homeless and in distress, is going to say the wrong thing, and these officers may or may not do the wrong thing, but maybe they won't if I'm here. And so I'm going to kind of get out of my car, still got my mask on, but you can tell it's Denzel because he walks like Denzel, like he's just stalking up. He even the stood there like Denzel. Yeah, like in the right. footage, you're like, that is Denzel. That's fucking Denzel. Washington. We're on first name basis <laughs> over here. Yeah, you know. Well, I. I'm on the email list. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's, that's a thing that Denzel, Denzel privilege lets him do that. And so, you know, the, the thing that, that I think that I think a lot of African Americans have understood and, and younger ones are wrestling with is that we actually can't enforce this change. Like this change, you know, you can only put out the fire from within the house and it falls on, you know, it falls on white America to fix white America because hmm. the problem doesn't actually reside in black America. It's what, how far is too far? How far is it that, that, you know, your average white person won't accept this. And only until we reach that point will change actually happen. And I'd like to hope we're there. I would have liked to hope we were there like 10 years ago, but if this is the moment, awesome. I hope so. Let me put out some fires. Fingers crossed. Um, yes. turn, hey. JC, can you turn that down? We're hearing ourselves. Um, all right. Are we? I mean, I, I, I am out of things to say. Um, I mean, I, I'm not, but. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> really? But, and that's uh, the last episode right. of Fat Man Beyond, ladies That's young. the final word. <laughs> um, no. I mean, it's. Uh, and that, again, I'm speaking for me. Like, I think that if you speak to. Speak for a lot of people, Mark. You know, I, I don't know. It's what's going on in my heart. It's what's going on in my head. Um, I hope that everybody's safe. I hope that you and yours are safe. I hope that, that everybody can, can push through this with a modicum of self-respect by the end. Um, I don't in any way mean to be like the respectability police and, you know, there's ways to do this. Like, I don't know those ways. And if you're joining the protests, be very careful. Mm. If you are going to a city to support the protest... That's admirable. Don't go someplace and be violent. 
there's a lot of footage of the kids mm. with skateboards just busting cop car windows yeah like not white kids with skateboards like yeah. if you're going to join the protest like yeah be there the with the protesters the protest. don't yeah don't turn it into something more. yes like don't be the reason why the news says this protest turned violent because like i'm just a white dude is looking for a reason to beat some shit up and i got to set some fires and i got to i this, i tell you man some of the footage i saw was like like i whenever i watch law and order mm. and you know fucking the two cops go talk to some potential witness and like i ain't got time for you i'm like what fucking world do these be, if a cop ever came to talk to me i'd be like i'll tell you everything i'll tell you shit i did when i was six years old like mm. you got me like very little fear <laughs> to the police on on law and order um what were we just talking about i fell in a uh, the white kids with skateboards so i'm watching the footage of like a bunch of protesters uh, attacking i guess a chase bank but they had a bunch of police inside the bank mm-hmm like in position with weapons, I don't know what kind, but like ready, maybe just batons, definitely shields, waiting for them to come through. And there was a this white guy with a skateboard that just kept like bashing the window with the skateboard and like would scream at them and then come up bash and police would brace. And like, I, it just, that seemed privilege. That's that's a dude who's not afraid. Yeah, that it, the it, cops are gonna kill him. I, that, I watched the footage. I was like, I'd be ter- I would, I couldn't be that person. But yeah. this dude apparently was just like, they're not gonna shoot me, and he just kept like hitting the glass in front of the police. Yeah, it's like sometimes when you look at the at the riot footage, you're like, this looks less like a riot and more like the Celtics won a championship, and like this is Boston on fire in celebration, you know, or Philly. <laughs> or when they had it when they won yeah well or pittsburgh or like you know pick a predominantly white city that wins a championship and shits on fire <laughs> just wee! they just took down uh isn't it Phil- philadelphia the, the rizzo statue mm. that's what i saw before i left to come here they were burning that down he burned down a statue it takes a lot like yeah, you gotta you, want it you gotta be patient <laughs> i'd give up very easy um so yeah just and and be careful and be mindful of the fact that even though you as a as a citizen want to let your voice be heard and want to help signal blue stuff, just remember that there is somebody um, of darker skin who has seen and lived those pictures a thousand times. So you know maybe we are past the sharing video of atrocities and maybe we're closer to the let's actually make it so these atrocities happen far far less. Powerful words, my friend. That's all I got. So this is all we needed. Um, there it is. <laughs> That's the important part of the show. Now, let's talk about HBO Max. <laughs> <laughs> That's up a couple days ago. That's all the show was gonna be. He was like, "I watched some HBO Max." My, I'm a little disappointed. Mark was, yeah, Mark's like, "I can't wait to fucking talk about HBO Max." <laughs> and the world kind of exploded. Uh, we get to the trivial part of the show now, ladies and gentlemen. The the reason that we gather every week. Uh, Mark here used to be a news hound, and he tracked down the news. And guess what? He still tracks down the news, meaning he fucking does a Google search <laughs> before we get here. Yeah. And Although the first item was just, I subscribed to a thing that apparently I already got for free <laughs> yeah. and just looked at it for a little bit. <laughs> the accident of discovery. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, so Mark dug up the news, so let's do the news. Let's do the news. Uh, the it, unimportant news. The unimportant <laughs> let's, news. Let's not Although, touch the other know, news. It is the like... 
if the world is getting too much for you and you want to disconnect, you turn to, as we all have done for the last three months in quarantine, content. Netflix. Oh, Netflix. content. Con yes. <laughs> Media. Entertainment. <laughs> and the, the latest um, giant boat of, of content to come down the river is HBO Max. Now, I had what on my phone? HBO Now or something like that? Um, Not the one that comes with my cable channel, but the one, I, the app that I paid for. I think it was HBO Now. HBO Now is the one you paid for if you didn't have HBO. Right. If you had HBO, you got HBO Go. I love that app. It was so wonderful, clean. You knew where everything was and stuff. Mm -hmm. And it was just all classy HBO. Even stuff on HBO wasn't that quote classy. Just mm -hmm. easy to navigate. Everything in its place. Everything under that title made sense because it's like HBO now and it's like this these were all home box office things. Right. This is all shit that HBO is either original series or stuff that is on their air somewhere. Max, on the other hand, has something of an identity issue. It uh it does and it because again, you have DirecTV, which is under the HBO like Warner Brothers, AT&T Media, whatever silo. Then like H all the HBOs and then just like the other rando stuff that Warner Brothers has sort of the rights to. Like, they've got hubs. If you, if you scroll down to the bottom of your HBO Max page, you're like, oh, all right, here's our content hubs. And, like, TCM, like Turner Classic Movies, is a mm -hmm. hub. And Studio DC. DC is a hub. Studio Ghibli is a hub. All the yep. Miyazaki movies. Um, um, Sesame Street is a hub. Sesame Street is a hub. Because they have the Elmo show hub. on there. Looney Tunes, yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, okay, cool. This is awesome, I suppose. And... You start like digging through those hubs and you're kind of like, there's not a ton here, like especially DC. Like I poke through there and I'm like, oh, okay, well, you've got the Justice Leagues, you've got the Snyderverse stuff and you've got all of the, the sort of Burton, you know, Schumacherverse Batman things. And you've got a couple of Batman movies like Return of the Joker, Batman Beyond, Return of the Joker. But I'm like, where's, where's Batman the Animated Series? Like where's Batman Beyond? Where's Justice League? Where's, where are they? Yeah, I, are they, is it because they've got them on the DC app or I think other licenses? I think it's one of those like you know Warner Brothers, all of their media silos don't quite play as nicely with each other as say Disney's do. So like Disney's got Marvel and Pixar and you know their classic animated stuff and like okay yeah no those all Star Wars sure we got everything mm -hmm. and DC and Warner Brothers like well we still license stuff out and you know that'll that'll be on this app for a while Netflix has this and maybe this is on Hulu now or and so it's made for something of a scattershot experience where like there's a lot there but not quite what you expect to be there at least if you're if you're a nerd you're like oh okay cool all the Harry Potters are here that's great. Um, they would have. They they needed those to launch. They needed those to launch. Jewels yeah. in the crown. Totally. And like, all right, all the Lord of the Rings are here. Okay, cool. I get that. Oh, I guess they would need those too. Yeah, but like, none of the Berlantiverse shows are there um, because they're all under license to Netflix. Like Netflix has. They're on the wait. They're on the WB, but Warner Brothers produces those shows. Mm -hmm. So by rights, they should. Well, not by rights. By logic, they should. <laughs> yeah, by rights, goddammit. Yeah. Like they have Batwoman, but they don't have The Flash. They don't have Black Lightning. They don't have. I've checked out a Batwoman on the HBO Max mm. app. Um, it's uh, as purple as this jacket, that app. It really is. That's. I, I like that it reminds me of the old classic HBO, like. Big finish. 
And then sometimes it was a groovy like depending on what it was. Right. Yeah. And like meanwhile you were soaring over that like kind of model city and then the the HBO turns into a star and then comes out. It's super fucking awesome. Whoever fucking did that, man, like I hope they're proud that like years later, a couple <laughs> middle-aged men know it note for note. Seriously. <laughs> I expect every sunset to have the HBO logo in the middle of it. <laughs> exactly. Um but yeah, like it's just it it feels rushed. And I don't think it is, but it feels that way. It feels like they they saw Disney Plus coming down the pike and they saw Netflix making gains. Where's ours? Where's ours? And they saw Peacock, you know, beginning and like it 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 doesn't really have like a killer original um to launch with. Um I mean they and we had been talking for, you know, a year about all the acquisitions that they'd made. And, like, we got this in production. We're doing this. We're doing the Snyder Cut. We're doing. And None like, of them even near. They don't have a Mandalorian. You know, like, they don't have. They lo- what's their Mandalorian? Love Life? I think so. The An- Anna Kendrick show? Yeah. That was their big, like, was, series launch. There was their, and they were supposed to have a Friends reunion special that they couldn't shoot because of, because of COVID. The coronavirus. And it's like, and Friends is the big marquee, like, all of the Friends here. And that's kind of what HBO Max is, the Friends app, for a lot of people, right? Yeah. Not for, I mean, I was, not me, but. I know. And also, like, if I need a Friends fix, it's still on the regular television, like, every morning. Is it really? Like, hours of it. Like, it's Seinfeld and Friends. And Nick and Knight has, like, built themselves on Friends. Oh, my God. It's the new Lucy? It's the new Lucy. <laughs> you can never not see your Friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I wanted, I wanted, like, I saw the Looney Tunes stuff. I'm like, awesome. I'm going to watch. I watched one of the Looney Tunes. You watched one of the one? new one? I watched uh, Duck Amok, which was, uh, you know, classic. classic. Of course. And I was looking for What's Opera Doc, another classic. Not on there. I'm like, how do you. So, wait, they had Duck Amok, but not What's Opera Doc? Yeah. I'm like, guys, I don't want Cut the cord. They're like, it's an app, you <laughs> asshole. Cut the app. Um, I, you know, I don't know that I would have. I mean, I know me. I probably would have gotten it regardless, but. I'll be honest with you, it felt like a gift on my phone because mm. like all of a sudden I'm like, what the fuck? What happened to my HBO? And I'm like, oh, I own this now. <laughs> they weren't real clear how they were going to launch. So like at the end of the day, it doesn't cost me anything more and stuff. And you know, I've already got it. So I'm okay with it. But it is a, it's not a deep hole yet. No. You know. the, the idea of it being rushed, I, I, I co-signed. Sounds like they were like, well, we can do that. Everybody's doing it. We got to do it. We got some stuff. Let's put up an app. Um, And it's not quite what Apple was because Apple Apple never even pretended we were going to have a library. They were just like, no, we're going to offer you like, you know, these dozen crazy fucking expensive shows with movie stars in it. And maybe that'll be enough to justify the app we gave you for free because you own an Apple thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's, I I believe, their policy. If you ever read that long fucking small print, (laughs) that's exactly what Mark said. He memorized it. Yeah. So like you look at Apple TV and you're like, whatever. I mean, sure. I may never go to this, but I'm going to use this service. I watch Servant. Oh, yeah? Did you see it? That was an M. Night. Shyamalan show. It's yeah, good. It was yeah. watch, watchable. I just finished watching and defending Jacob with oh, Captain America. With uh, Steve Rogers? Steve Rogers himself. <laughs> I asked me and my wife, they weekly on Apple, on Apple Plus. Mm. They don't do like, here's the dump. Fuck off. Go enjoy yourself. They're like, come back every week. Please. Like old steez and shit. So we've been old steezing it watching the like, defending <laughs> Jacob. And I've been bitter about it every week. Like, why don't they just put the fucking thing in? And so... We were watching it tonight, and it's the last episode. Like, I think it's eight episodes, and it's done. 
But finally, after eight episodes, I was like, you know, she don't go for the Marvel movies and stuff. Mm. Not, not like she's like, fuck them, but she's like, you go. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, she's going, what are their names? Iron Man, Superman, Batman. Call me when it all changes. So <laughs> she says, too many I men. I got, I got one man in my life. I don't need that many men. <laughs> so she don't go. So, you know, she don't. She didn't fucking see, mm. you know, Cap fucking holding Thanos's this fist back and shit, and Thanos being like, "Who are you?" and fucking <laughs> him just like, ah, he she didn't see the joy of this motherfucker with a broken shield, busted body and shit, facing Thanos's entire army and getting up because like, fuck it, exactly. going down fighting does. with half a shield, man, before the portal started opening. So she doesn't have the same, you know, mm. feel like she saw him knives out and whatnot. Like that's her Chris. <laughs> it's like he wears a sweater. Yeah. Well. That, to, to her, he's sweater meat in that movie. <laughs> he's not he's not Steve Rogers, Captain America. Sweater meat. Total sweater meat. So I says to her tonight, I says, Do you do you think like he's attractive as a man? Mm. <laughs> for her first response is for a Canadian, yeah. <laughs> And I was like, why do you think he's from Canada? He's Captain America. She's like, oh, he's not from Canada? I said, he's a masshole. He's from Boston. Like, he's a Massachusetts guy. This thing we're watching is set in Massachusetts. And I told her when it started, I was like, oh, he's a producer. Must be because he's from Massachusetts and they're doing a Massachusetts story. So I'm like, he's from Massachusetts. And she goes, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, he's definitely attractive. And then I left to come here. Some tells me she might be flipping the bean, old fucking <laughs> sweater meat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, he's uh, he's cute enough. Because she was paying a lot of attention, and she really every week when they dropped a new defending Jacob, she was like, "It's on, <laughs> defending Jacob's on. It's time." And I thought she just wanted a good drama, but she might be looking at old fucking Captain America, Chris Evans. <laughs> she said, "Which which one is this?" And I was like, "Which what?" She goes, "Chris." I was like, "Oh, Evans." Mm. I said, "They're all nice." Yeah. It's like I bet you can do this all day. Oh shit! Don't, <laughs> don't tell her he says that. <laughs> I might too. I sat on a couch next to uh, Captain America for uh, on on the Tonight Show, and um, that was my one encounter with him. And between how you, know, you chit chat between the fucking mm-hmm. you know sequences, this was going back. This was like before he had done Captain America, but they hadn't oh, done wow. uh, Avengers yet. Or or Winter Soldier. Is that the second one? Yeah. Yes. So, you know, I was like, oh my God, I love you in those movies, man. And he goes, those movies. <laughs> he was not like, yeah. You know, and I was like, you doing the next one? He's like, I, I hope. But, if, if you know, when, when at the end they were like, he's done, I was like, oh, he was done when I met him. <laughs> like, um, and then my other encounter with him, barely an encounter, we were at a radio station in San Diego for Comic-Con, me and Jay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they brought us in. So we're in the room, like, before you go into the radio room. So there's another, you know, there's a room where everyone's being interviewed. And we're in an ante room outside that has its own board. And so uh, you could see inside, like, the window. And, you could, you know, they're talking to somebody. It was Captain America. But his head is, fa- he's facing them. So all we're seeing is the back of his head. Mm. But they were like, that's Chris. And I was like, oh, wow, check it out. Jay is like playing with the board. And he goes, does this work? They're like, yeah, like, don't touch it because it goes into the other station. 
and he presses the button and goes, yo, what up, Cap? And or whatever. <laughs> and Chris Evans turned around so mad, dude. Like the maddest face I've seen on a famous person. <laughs> where, you know, like, really like, you know, where we thought we were going to get, well, he thought he was going to get beat up. I was like, I pointed at him. I was like, I, I wouldn't do that, Cap. I don't say nothing. That's my thing. Um, he was like, on your left. No. <laughs> it was years before, so he wasn't that clever. But still, he, that, he looked at us, and then he, when he was done with his interview, because like he was almost toward the end, mm. he, he kind of left, and we didn't get to be like, so sorry. <laughs> sorry for interrupting your radio thing, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. America. Um, yeah, so anyway. So yeah, that's HBO Apple. Max. Yeah, back from <laughs> Apple Plus to HBO Max. <laughs> Although, I can say this. Defending Jacob is a good watch. There you go. Eight weeks. And we, we, we got there. So yeah, HBO Max, like if you already have it for free. If you free, want to watch a story about white people, that is the one. <laughs> and that's what we all need right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we fix America. Yeah, more, more stories about, about white people. people. And how hard it is for them to just defend Jacob. In fact, fuck Fat Man Beyond. That's the name of the podcast from now on. More <laughs> stories about white people. What are white people doing this week, Mark? Well, I, I googled some shit. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> what are white people doing this week? <laughs> Turns out everything. <laughs> Mark's like, it takes all the strength I have to go to that bar and do that podcast now. It's, Tough when it was called Fat Man Beyond, but goddamn near impossible now that we've got this new, very cumbersome <laughs> title. <laughs> um, oh. HBO Max. HBO Max. So wait, you did you get it free? or did I did because AT&T is my cell phone carrier. So here's the question. Yeah. Would you, knowing what you now know. Would I pay for it? Yes. Not now. Really? I mean, if I was, if I was shopping for it and I'm like, I want to spend another 15 bucks a month on something. <laughs> I would wait about a year. Such a privileged thing to say. I want to spend another 15 bucks on something. I'm spending a lot of 15 bucks on a lot of these motherfucking things. Is this another one for me? Yeah. And like at present, it doesn't seem like their ducks are quite in order. Right. You know, like they're Daffy I, Ducks, if you will. You're Daffy Ducks. Your ducks and mucks are not a mucking right. Nice. Um, <laughs> to well, a muck. Their ducks are to a muck. Yeah. And I'm sure that like they are in the process of pulling back all of the IP that they had licensed out to other services so that in a year, year and a half, two years, they will have everything you want it to be. It'll be like, remember Disney Plus launched? They're like, hey, we don't have, you know, Black Panther, but it's coming. Right. And then like a month yeah. or two like, later. We don't right. exclusively have Black Panther. Like you can still see some of this shit elsewhere. Right. But now, like now it's this is the disney vault yeah know? and they're getting to the point where like yeah they're, they're so weird this is the disney vault and if you give us 10 bucks <laughs> you go in and do anything you want <laughs> <laughs> would you like to come and see the gold i keep fucking watching the simpsons man and they just put up the four three simpsons now oh yeah yeah finally because they put up like these old versions where they're, like squished oh my god it was i mean it's, it's like oh my god mark the pain but it was weird watching them where you're like, why? Oh, I remember because everything went 16 by 9. So they fixed those. Yes, good. Well done, yeah. Disney Plus. Yeah, fucking. Yeah. Finally, the world is better. <laughs> <laughs> now we can all go back outside. <laughs> what? Uh, what's our next story? Aside from, uh, you know, trashing HBO Max. No. What's our next story? And, you know, again, not trashing because right. at some point I may end up working for them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just saying the reality of it is. Not trashing. 
I will say, not overly impressed either. Speaking of, I didn't even thought of that. I love HBO Max. <laughs> it's the best thing I don't pay for. <laughs> I fucking watched a Looney Tune on it, and it was very satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> Worth every penny of that $15. Charge me more, I says, but they didn't hear me. Phone doesn't work that way. Um, yeah. All right, what's next? What's next? Um, remember, uh, remember Doctor Strange, that movie that we liked? Yes. Um, yes, the, fucking love that movie. Remember the director of said movie, Scott, Scott Derrickson? Love him. I, I've had him on a podcast. Sounds yeah. dirty. I've had him on a podcast. I, he was a guest on podcast for Doctor Strange. Lovely dude. Yeah. He uh, did not come back for the second uh, Doctor Strange. Well, he was coming back, and then they were like, yeah, it's gotta walk be. through that magic door. And right. suddenly he was outside. Right. And so, now we got a new director. And now Sam Raimi is doing Doctor Strange and the which is amazing. Mayhem. He loves Ditko. But he, that being said, something very cool happened for Scott Derrickson. It, didn't it did. I bet you know where I'm going with this Fucking story. How did I, I believe me? I was couldn't wait to come and talk about this earlier in the week. Then the world exploded. Yes. Uh, but now we get to finally talk about we it. This still is do. A, the neat thing. He, Although I want to see, I want to see what your take on it. Go. Um, he's coming to do Labyrinth the sequel. Working with the Henson folks, um, screenwriter Maggie Levin, who wrote and directed Into the Dark and My Valentine for Hulu. So he he's directing, and Maggie Maggie Levin is writing. Is writing. Yeah. Who wrote Labyrinth? Oh shit! I don't know. Because that's what I saw when he was announced. There was a minor outcry on Twitter, or maybe even mm. a major outcry. But like people were like, "Oh no, Labyrinth!" Apparently, it ought to be this guy. Well, Labyrinth is a I didn't know this. I've always loved fucking Labyrinth, but mm. I try. I watched it with my kid within the last year. I was like, watch this with me. I always wanted to watch this with you. And as we watched it together, I was like, maybe I should have done this with you when you were nine. <laughs> yeah, 19. Yeah, it doesn't quite pan out. But she, um, um, apparently, Labyrinth is a big movie for LGBTQ kids. Hmm. Like, it's very meaningful. Um, and... When Scott was announced, they were like, oh, no, oh, no. or something. Like, you, it's now I, my story's not going to be told mm -hmm. or whatever. But if it's based on a script written by Terry Jones, Terry Jones, Jones. wrote it? Oh, wow. I mean, really? Andrew's telling us a story by uh, Jim Henson, of course. And, and who? Dennis Lee. And then script by Terry Jones, one of the Pythons. One of the founding Pythons. Um, wow. Then I don't know what they're talking about. I mean. Why were they upset then? I don't know. I, I, I thought mean, maybe the first one was written by like a woman or a gay icon or something. And that's why they were like, it can't be Scott Derrickson. <laughs> I was like, well, he did a movie about magic. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Uh, but if somebody else wrote it, then he's, you know, mm. they can't be mad. Then nobody can be that mad at him. I guess a bunch of people are also mad that they're doing a Labyrinth sequel at all. Without David Bowie, that's the right. That's the we buried the lead. If you're making a labyrinth, I mean, two, it's not that much of a buried lead. David Bowie has no longer been with us yes, for a while now. It's been a, it's been a minute. He but, didn't also just die. Thank the Lord. Um, <laughs> it, it is. Uh, it when they when I saw Labyrinth two or they're not calling it that, whatever they're calling it, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, right on. I'm all for it. And it never once occurred to me, oh my God, David Bowie's not alive mm -hmm. and i'll i mean it, i'll tell you why because mm. in labyrinth she gets rid of the bad guy 
So like he was never coming back. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like if he came back, I would have been like, why'd we go on that first adventure? Right. Unless it was some like 30 years later shit. She had her own kid. That's probably what the story is going to be, right? It could be. They got to bring her back. Um, yeah, you would think they would. They literally have to. Otherwise, why do it? <laughs> why do this? Like, now? seriously, somebody got, I mean, it's, you know, of course we'll have Bluto sad. He'll be, he better come back. Look, they all better come back. The only one who's not allowed to come back is David Bowie for obvious reasons. But maybe <laughs> we're, even we're then, a slide. they could, you know, CG something. So we get yeah. a Jareth kind of thing. I don't know. But uh, she, what is her name? Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly has to fucking come back. Even if it's the opening scene, even if she's the mom this time and her daughter, you know, gets her little brother or little sister fucking stolen by the Goblin King. This thing writes itself, by the it way. It really does. It's but doing great it work. better be her. Otherwise, like, I'm not going. Back in the day, I might have said, otherwise we riot, but we don't say that anymore at all. Um, well, I, I will be mad if they don't do that. Who, uh, then who do you, who, who would you prefer they cast as a new Goblin King? Oh fuck! If you That's if you a had harder to... question than like, dear Kevin and Mark, how do we fix all this? <laughs> yeah. Um, who would I see as a Goblin King or Queen at this point? Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. So it was. All right, Bowie. He's an icon, but remember, this is 1986 Bowie. Mm -hmm. So he's coming off of like a couple years prior as Modern Love and Let's Dance, that mm -hmm. album and all that stuff. So he's serious moonlight. Way back in the mainstream. So using that model of, hey, this cat's been around forever. Um, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Ooh, interesting. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. But if you're going with a musician, I mean, I'll tell you my version I'd like to see, but nobody's going to pay to see it. David Byrne as Jared. <laughs> <laughs> Like a very quirky, you know, fucking, <laughs> he's not spooky as much as like, got interesting lyrics and shit. It's the babe. The babe <laughs> the Same as it ever was. <laughs> um, I, I, who do you got? Um, I, I would like to see. Yes. Um, a goblin queen. There we go. Queen played by Jennifer Connelly. There's a writer. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna split with you on that though. That's a good idea, but mm. like, no, you ever seen her go bad in a movie? I've seen her do lots of things in Requiem with a Dream. Yeah, but like always, still, you kind of felt bad for her. Yeah, as she fell down that hole. I haven't seen um, Snowpiercer yet, but the she plays. She yeah, plays the. She plays the bad Tilda Swinton kind of part. Um, no, not quite. But Is I it think completely like, different from. The movie Snowpiercer? I haven't seen it. Oh. Couldn't tell you. Um, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not. I think that's a cool idea on paper, but like at the end of the day, I don't know. If she was the bad guy, would we know it the whole time or they, you know, pull a mask at the end? Scooby Doo style. <laughs> I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you puppets. <laughs> um, I think you know it the whole time. Oof, I think some I'm of out. It is the I don't story. want to see your movie then. If they threw it at me at the last second, I'd be like, oh, but mm. if the whole movie, I'm like, wait, she's the bad guy. I don't buy it. That's the voice of Peter Parker's suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or if I can't, if I can't have Bowie and you won't let me have Jennifer Connelly. No, you can have whatever you want, Mark, particularly uh, this weekend. Anything yeah, you want. Anything you want. Buddy. You want Jennifer Connelly? I'll get Jennifer Connelly yeah. for you. Or a Range Rover, you can go out there too. <laughs> um, Jermaine Clement. 
Oh, from uh, Flight of the Concords. Concords. Um, because he does the best Bowie. Oh, does he really? He does a very good Bowie. To the point where he was... So by that token, let's get Rich Little to be fucking Jareth. <laughs> if you can dig up Rich Little. <laughs> if we're digging up dead people, let's get Bowie. Let's get Bowie. <laughs> we're back to square one. <laughs> and that, kids, is how the studios work. Yeah, the circle of life, you guys. <laughs> they just, you just saw an insight. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That never occurred to me and stuff. Let me see. Who's... <laughs> Sting. I will kill her. All right. Oh, I got a pitch. Pitch it. Eddie Murphy is the Goblin King. <laughs> He'd be funny. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. You let him do that once. Absolutely. <laughs> he gets one of those. He gets one of those per picture. Um, That'd be fun. JC Cam. JC Cam. He's got a thought. You go musician again. You go Adam Lambert. Cut back to us. Fuck you. No. I don't, who is that? I don't know. He's, he's now the, the singing voice of Queen. He was, when they go he's on the tour. voice of Queen. He was runner up on American Idol a few million iterations ago. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, well, obviously, I'm, that idea didn't get much support from me. <laughs> no. Only because I'm completely yes. ignorant. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the internet in me just yeah. responding, my gut re reaction. Um, Andrew, you got a pitch? <laughs> no. Man, you got the internet at your disposal. You could have like really deep dived on it. Janelle Monet. Oh, I'd oh, fucking right. watch that. She's good. Yeah, I'd take that. I like her in interviews too. I just watched an interview with her. I forget where it was. And she's pushing Homecoming. So was that she on like um what she's pushing? Um Homecoming. She's in the second season of Homecoming, the Amazon sort of uh war vet sci-fi conspiracy thing is that right yeah julie roberts was in season one and she took over like an anthology kind of thing wait so that was isn't that made by the guy that did uh sam esmail yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so wait the the julia roberts show that she did with mr robot yeah is no longer the julia roberts show with mr Correct. robot it's janelle monet with mr robot yes fucking i learned shit on this show <laughs> And it's kind of genre, isn't it? I, I believe it is. I never saw the first you season. You didn't watch it either? It feels, uh, it feels a little like spy-fi government conspiracy. Oh, um, yeah. Like that movie she was in years ago, Conspiracy Theory. Yes. Where Pelican, or Pelican Brief. Brief. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing it back to yes, Denzel, Denzel Washington. Always. Um, all right. Next Always. Next story. <laughs> Let's get Denzel Washington to play. The Victor Goblin Garber. King. <laughs> like Denzel, we could get Denzel Washington easier than we can get Victor Garber, apparently. <laughs> oh, fuck. That'd be amazing. Yeah. But him as the, as the Goblin King, a real serious take yeah. on it. Do not ever in your entire life take that baby from me. At one point, they take the baby and he's like, <laughs> like that meme you always see the gif of <laughs> him slapping the table from Malcolm X. Boom. <laughs> um, all right. What other stories we got? Um, hey. Do you remember the guy who played Superman for a while, Henry Cavill? You know. Witcher fellow? Yes. Um, Toss a coin to your Witcher fellow. He's definitely uh, Superman, Man of Steel, that's for sure. But I always think of Henry Cavill as Henry VIII's Aww. young buddy from uh, that show I loved. Uh, what was Jonathan it the Tudors. Myers, yeah, the Tudors. The Tudors. He was his buddy, man. I remember when they were like, that guy's playing Superman. I was like, I like that guy on that show. Did he live Tudors down? 
he did two doors down <laughs> right next to dolly parton oh. that's for all our country and western fans out there um it turns out that he is not done playing the man of steel what i know is he is this a uh, snyder cut justice league kind of thing um it is unclear like it's the, while there's no man of steel sequel in the works um we're hearing says the internet hbo max show uh probably not um, but that he's in talks to reprise his why role. Why not, Mark? Superman. Why not? Probably not. An he's HBO on Max a Netflix show? show. Why couldn't he be on a Superman HBO Max I mean, show? I would love them to do a Superman <laughs> HBO Max show. <laughs> you want me to get a Superman <laughs> show? I'd love you to do that. Look, a, a I'm not fighting show. you on this. I, mean, I they got did a, not say no. They got a Superman and Lois show on the CW, but they could also do another Superman show if they want. Give us three more. Three more. But uh, he's in negotiations to reprise his role in the Warner Brothers DC Universe. It, nobody's entirely sure how yet, even though it could come in a couple of different ways. Probably for the Snyderverse uh, to return for the Snyder Cut. Oh, they could put him. Well, remember how he was almost in Shazam? They could put him yes. in Shazam. Shazam Two is, is you know working, they're working on that. Working and on also that. Black Black Adam. Adam, you know, because we who wouldn't like to see fucking Superman fight Black Adam? That'd be cool, you know. And maybe it's the because traditionally Black Adam and Shazam, Captain Marvel, are the the you know the guys who they, yeah, heads. they fight each other. But in a world in but which... But he could come in and, like, help out. Right. Or if you needed to, like... Because Shazam, as they've been playing him, is not necessarily the sort of Shazam that you're going to play. Like, Black Adam feels like it's a real villain story. Yeah. And Shazam feels like it's a light kids movie. And I'm not sure if the Zach Levi, Dwayne Johnson pairing gives you the tone that you want. Right. So you could swap out Superman for Shazam. Excellent point. If you wanted to do that. Or there's Aquaman <laughs> that's, 2. That's Shazam too. Shazam gets killed in the first two minutes. Superman <laughs> takes over. <laughs> Listen, kids are like, no! We, really? we couldn't do another Man of Steel. But yeah, it's Shazam too. Henry Cavill's like, you want to be back? Yeah. The cost was Shazam. <laughs> the Shazamining. <laughs> um, yeah, he's coming back. I'm all for that. I think it's good. I thought it was sad when he was like, ah, we're parting ways. When they couldn't work out a deal for mm. Shazam. Because, you know, at the end, spoilers, at the end of Shazam, yeah. It was a cute little bit where fucking Superman comes mm -hmm. to have lunch in a in the school the school cafeteria. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's a ass on a suit and shit. And you're yeah. like, ah, but you only ever see this much of it. That's it. So, you know, it would have, you know, if they could have ironed whatever out, that would have been a nice yeah. thing for him to pop up in and stuff. So hopefully they'll continue with more of that. I mean, it, it seems as if for reasons that escape me, Superman is proving troublesome for Warner Brothers to yeah, crack. Yeah, I I mean uh, these fucking writers that can't write Superman scripts. I don't get it. <laughs> huh? What? Huh? I was one of them in 1996, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, like, yeah, it's, uh, historically, writers always go like, it's hard to write for him. He's like, because he's all powerful. He's like Jesus and stuff. Right. But, you know, I don't know. Come on, man. They've yeah. been doing it in comics for like <laughs> 75 years or more, I yeah. think, at this Just point. pick one like, of those stories. <laughs> yeah, any one of them. <laughs> or pick, like, I remember when I first went to Warner Brothers, like in 96. Um, and I met with Basil Iwanek, who went on to like produce movies. I think he produced Argo. I think his name I saw it on mm -hmm. Argo or something like and that. And all but the John Wicks. He did he do the John Wicks? Mm -hmm. I mean, I haven't spoken to this motherfucker in like 24 years. Yeah. To, like since like I got that job. But um, he was, uh, he, well, I went to meet with something about, about something unrelated. And I asked about Superman because I was like, what else are you working on? He pitched me Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And um, the second one was The Architects of Fear, 
mm. which was based on the Outer Limits episode that Alan Moore used in Watchmen mm -hmm. for the, we're going to build the thing and then teleport it to a place. <clears throat> um, the script was amazing. I, I was just thinking about it the other day. I'm like, who wrote that script? They never made the movie. But it like in 1996, they were like, see what you could do with this. Would you like to rewrite this? And I brought it back to Basil Lewanik and I was like, no, make this or <laughs> don't because it's an $80 million art film. Like it was so smart and shit. It's, it was almost like now that I think about it, a script that was sent from the future to 1996 because it was so fucking ahead of its time and stuff so i brought it back and i was like you don't need to fix this script like you either make it or don't but like do not fucking monkey with this this is like perfect like it took i remember that episode of fucking uh, outer limits and shit like that this took the concept and like ran with it made it something fucking beautiful smart human you went through the story for those that don't know is like a bunch of scientists want to come up with an alien to send to earth and that would scare all the countries into uniting and stuff. But in order to create an alien, they take a human being who volunteers to undergo drastic surgery to invert him and make him not look like a human so that he could show up and pretend to be this alien and stuff. So that was like the black and white version. Mm -hmm. The fucking feature version that I read was like, take that notion and put it in the hands of like a genius writer. Again, I can't remember who wrote this fucking script, but it was incredibly fucking intricate and powerful and moving about a human giving up their humanity to save all of humanity. Really great stuff. Wow. And I'm like, and you want the guy who made mall rats to take a <laughs> shot at this? Um, so while we were there, he was talking about Superman. I said, oh my God, can I read that and stuff? And he said, uh, yeah, and he gave me the script and I read it and stuff. And I've told the Superman story a zillion times, but the point of it is this. When I went back in, I was like, why don't you just, I said, this script is, don't make this movie. I said, whatever you do, just don't make this Superman movie. Like, why don't you just go to DC Comics and ask Mike Carlin, he's the head of the Superman group, what story can we do? Hey, do you want to write a script? Like, these guys <laughs> write this shit all the time. And in 1996, they were like, that's comic books. Comic book guys, you know, they're not movie guys. Mm. It's a different world now. Very much Completely so. Completely different world. <laughs> but back then, there was this dismissive, like, they couldn't do this. It's like, they do it every week. They've solved the problem There's for you. There's a Superman title every week, and they keep telling stories about the most powerful character in the world and shit, and they find problems for them. Like, bro, kryptonite like that's all you need <laughs> but i i sort of like this idea of of superman being for the dceu what the hulk is for the mcu yes which is the hulk doesn't get his own he hasn't had his own movie since the the ed norton version yes because they actually marvel doesn't have the rights i believe to a solo hulk the film. solo rights uh, belong to universal belong to universal and they don't want to after the last experience universe uh the way i've always heard it marvel mm -hmm. They're like, we don't need to. Yeah. As long as we can stick him in any movie we want. But if we call it the Hulk, if yeah. he's the titular character, then Universal's involved and they get say. So they're like, but otherwise, we can put him in any movie and use him just fine. And they still feel he doesn't warrant his own standalone. Yeah. And like, if they can do that with Superman, I'm all for it. If they can find, you know, the, the slot for him is as the very, very strong number two. 
or the, you know, sometimes comic relief. I mean, I think that you can do all that stuff with, with Superman if you need to. Are you to. fighting with that same bug that I I think would? so. I think he's just kind of like, he really, motherfucker didn't want a piece of me. I'm looking for his five minutes of fame, man. Wants to be on our show. Hey, we worked hard to get here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and, and also like they had said in the in the Snyder uh, Justice League that like we're not planning to get any of the original actors back for reshoots. Yeah, well, which, I read that story after we talked last week mm-hmm. after or whenever we did our show, the one where we had Ben on. Yeah, um, there was uh, you know a report the next day that like, well, now calm down. It's not everything. It's you're not getting like. And the, the calm down was to the audience, not to mm. Zack Snyder. Um, you're, you, there's no reshoots with actors. Now, that doesn't mean there won't necessarily be reshoots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could, a lot of those characters had outfits. So you could do that. You know, you could, if, if the reshoots with the actors becomes, the real actors becomes expensive because their contract is dead. They would have to make a new contract. This mm-hmm. is a completely new project. And that's generally when the agents would swoop in and be like, all right, well, if you're doing it again, full freight, he gets this, she gets that, you know, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So by saying like no actors, they could, you know, if needs be, if Zach had to finish a sequence, you know, I mean, they don't need Ben for Batman. They need no. a person in a Batman suit. So it's conceivable he might, there's wiggle room, even if he's not getting those lead actors back mm-hmm. per se for action sequences and who knows, I'm sure they would, I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't know anything. So I'm like, I'm sure they would, but I would imagine they're all tight with him. They seem like, and mm-hmm. if he was like, can you come back and at least do like a Bruce Wayne thing or a Diana thing without putting on the outfits or whatever, who knows? I don't know. I don't know that world well right. enough, but, or, or maybe, they will come back. Maybe they're in negotiations. Maybe it's like, listen, you know what? We'll fucking we'll pay you your freight. Like, it's if we get a week with you guys back and we can shoot all the dialogue character stuff that we didn't get, like, if they're going to spend $40 million on this, like, yeah. In for a penny, in for a pen. Right. And so maybe that's part of this negotiation. Maybe there will be further negotiations for, for Ben and for, for Gal. Like, I think that all of these things are up in the air. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if that was part of it. You think somewhere down the road it might pop up again? I think so. I mean, I, I agree in as much as, again, he seems very tight with his cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I would say public support is 100% on his side, something that none of those cats were used to when Justice League came out. You know, mm-hmm. so easy to rally around that flag. You I know what so. I'm saying? And if he needs them, I'm, they're the Justice League. Won't they answer the call? <laughs> <laughs> otherwise have comics lied to me mark yeah i know yeah, like the justice buddies <laughs> like, ah, the justice fairweather friends you mean <laughs> yes my mom will let me out time. <laughs> the uh, justice ghosters <laughs> just the, the sorry justice. who is this no i'm, I'm unfamiliar the, with that the justice ellipses just the three dots <laughs> on the text <laughs> the justice. <laughs> hey you up uh you up you want to play <laughs> no um i'm sure they'll come back yeah and that's also another nice announcement for him like one month from now like we got to boost these subscriptions like ben's coming back (laughs) we decided to stop giving it away for free we got people (laughs) buy this um uh, other places news happens yeah worst segue i think i've ever had other places of news mark lost the power i just really lost my mind for a second (laughs) grammar um apparently universal 
I think emboldened by the Invisible Man's performance, both critically and financially. Which, again, like holds up. Yeah, very good, much good, so. Good, clever, cheap movie. Cheap also being the key word here. Yes. Not an expensive movie, uh, especially when Tom Cruise's mummy costs, you know, pretty penny and <laughs> yeah, stuff. So the next time they're dollars. like, here's a modern monster. It's $7 million. Like yes, it did go. Now, who's the new monster? Uh, the Wolfman is the new monster. Okay. Played by the Gosling. Really? Yes. Is right. he going to drive around in a car and look dour for most of the movie? <laughs> I think so. He's going to have like a Wolfman on the back of his jacket. And not like an actual Wolfman, but Wolfman Jack. That's <laughs> his nickname? Yeah, Wolfman Jack. The Wolfman. Chews a toothpick and doesn't say a lot of dialogue. <laughs> um, I love Ryan Gosling, so I'm, I'm all for it. But, uh, you know, it better not be like some kind of quiet meditation. Like, I want to uh, see people jumping around. I want to see transformation. It'd be uh, great if they brought Rick Baker back. To, like, Rick Baker, man, are you mm -hmm. kidding me? Like, we do this with CG now, but come on. Yeah, let him have it. Give it to him. I mean, he don't even want it. We have Rick on the show. Yeah, He's like, like, I'm retired. <laughs> I don't want to do that. that. Shit is hard. Yeah. Like, but making a makeup is fun. Dealing with the studios are hard. Could you imagine if you created a thing like that? You know, I had Joe Alves, uh, this week's Modcast, I interviewed Joe Alves, who created Jaws. And it's a great episode because I just fan out and listen mm. and, and ask questions. And he tells, he was there. Dude, he was there. He's the first on the vineyard. He's hired before Steven Spielberg. Wow. We, gotta, um, we, made, we need a shark, Joe. It's, it's, it's David Brown, who worked with them on Sugarland Express, mm -hmm. who was also with Steven. But they before they even brought Steven on, before they bought the book, wow, he reached out to Joe Alves and be like, could you build a shark? Let's see some shark drawings. <laughs> and so he started sending him shark drawings. And... Joe was like, you know, he's got them in the book. He's got this book called Designing Jaws. Hardcover books, gorgeous. But the early drawings like that he did in 1972, he's like, I remember the day. And it was 1972, he got the call. Um, it wasn't like it is today where you'd be like, shark. Google shark and you'll get a zillion images. Like, sharks weren't a thing until jaws right um so he drew sharks that look like whales in some places <laughs> because he's like you know it's a story of a giant 25 foot shark so some of the sharks look you know it's a bunch of different character studies but like he then got in touch with an ichthyologist mm -hmm. who was then like walking him through like no they look like this and bring the nose in and shit and like and then he goes on to create the shark that defines what sharks look like for an entire generation so much so that when i saw documentary footage of sharks i was like that's not what a great white shark looks like <laughs> <laughs> they're very large and they keep their mouths open all the time <laughs> um it was fascinating man but that dude was there for like the building of it and stuff like that how do wow. we get to him uh rick baker werewolf so rick baker man yes. like just like could you imagine doing a thing and that's what my point I was going to be like. He came up with the makeup effect, how to turn somebody into the American werewolf in London. And those effects, when that movie came out, everyone was like, this is fucking nuts. This is mad. It's, it's not like dissolves like they did with Lon mm. Chaney. It's like you're watching this fucker transform and shit. They would never do that again because it would be too time consuming and too expensive. And that dude had to create an entire fucking art form that is now no longer 
use. Just like Joe Alves, all the shit they did to make that shark, you would never do today. You don't even have to. Even something as simple as this. This blew my mind. So he works with Spielberg on Close Encounters as mm -hmm. well. So, you know, Close Encounters uh, in the script, it says a weird mountain. And he's taxed with going out to find that weird mountain. So he's like, I went out, I drove all over the country. Because you can't just Google weird mountain. <laughs> You've literally got to go find the weird mountain. And in Wyoming, I guess Devil's is where Tower. Devil's Tower is. He's like, we were driving and like, you could see it in the distance and it's weird because it sits like in the middle of nowhere. He's like, but then you go down a hill and it disappears. You don't think anything of it. And you come up a hill and suddenly it is right in front of you. And it's how it grows as you come up that hill. That's so impressive. And so he had a 35 millimeter camera. He went up in a helicopter, hired a helicopter and shot footage of, of Devil's Tower and brought it home and to Stephen to be like, is this the weird mountain? And they were like, that is kind of weird. <laughs> like, how fucked up is that, man? When you think about, like, that image of Devil's Tower that's on the poster, mm -hmm. like, you know, maybe people don't fuck with Close Encounters as much as they used to back in the day and shit, but, like, an iconic fucking movie, oh, an yeah. Academy Award-winning movie and shit. That image, that, that mountain is everything. Just like that shark in Jaws is everything. And, you know, both of those movies were always like Steven Spielberg and rightfully so. He's the director. But literally, it begins with fucking Joe Alves going like, I'll find the weird mountain. Because that's all it said in the script. A weird mountain. I, that's the part that not that Joe Alves isn't, you know, a fucking miracle worker for finding Devil's Tower. But how you even write that script without knowing that that's the thing. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> like, like, it's a weird mountain. Like, like but it's. You would have imagined somebody would have been like, oh, I've been to Wyoming. I saw this weird fucking mountain, so I wrote it. They call it Devil's Tower, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But this was just a shot in the dark, like, weird mountain. Yeah, he comes back with Mount Worsmore. This is weird, right? There's all these faces <laughs> on it. <laughs> faces look like aliens could be have done this, right? I'll do you one better. Nowadays, you'd write weird mountain, and someone would digitally build it. <laughs> you wouldn't even go to the weird mountain. Yeah, Crazy. That's fucked up. Like, Stephen even have a, like a like a time life book of weird mountains. So he's like, you know what? That one? You didn't need to. He had Joe Alves. Apparently. That's on Smodcast this week. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was the first human Google. Like, Joe. He was. He was the dude that, it's it just crazy, man. I, like, when I, I, I knew he'd built the shark. Or he designed the shark. It was built by somebody else. But um, the, I did not know about Devil's Tower. And I was, that insane. blew my hair back where I'm like, you're responsible for the 70s. Like, it was all you, Joe. <laughs> it's You're a good you. man, Joe Alves. It's all for you. What else we got? Um, well, first, let's finish the wolf match. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot. I was so excited. Um, sources say the Go Gosling would play an anchorman who gets infected and becomes a werewolf. Fake news. Fake news. Uh, the script who... Fang news. Fang. Nice. Thank you. The script, which is written by uh, Lauren Shuker Bloom and Rebecca Angelo. Two um, ladies? Two ladies. Um, is described as having a vibe that evokes Network and Nightcrawler. Not the Banff version, but the Jake. <laughs> Jake <laughs> thank, you, thank you for clarifying. Because I was like, <laughs> Banff is back? Sweet. Um, all right. But yeah, I'm the, in. That's the end of that story. So wait, when they say like Nightcrawler and shit, so that mean he don't really turn into a wolf man? Um, I think he does, but they're, I think they're more talking about kind of like the crazy go-go news version of modern society where this guy is a, 
you know, maybe like a Morton Downey Jr. would have been if he was a modern newsman. Who's like, directing? Uh, they don't have one yet. Hey. Hey, now. Hey, Universal. See this face? <laughs> don't hire it. <laughs> you don't want a piece of this. See this face? It's going to pay to see your movie. <laughs> um, speaking of um, Universal Horrors, Invisible Man, the guy who wrote and directed Invisible Man, Lee Wanell. Yeah. Um, wrote he did a, that movie. Uh, uh, what was it? Upgrade. Yes. Yes. It's getting, movie. It's getting a TV show. Oh, that you know what you could t- that would totally lend itself to an ongoing premise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the film. It's a case, fun fucking movie. I like and that. that was movie. inexpensive as well. He made like, it very cheap. That's his jam, which yeah. is you know I I will take these high concept ideas and find a way to do them for incredibly reasonable budgets. He's ruining it for the rest of us. I know. And it was about this guy whose wife gets killed and he gets sort of paralyzed and there's some hyper-billionaire dude who comes to him and says, hey, listen, I can, through this magic technology, I can give you the use of your body back, um, but there's going to be a price to pay. And it goes wrong. But he basically turns into like RoboCop um, on a hunt for revenge where his body, you know, is somewhat self-aware and he turn like, it's, it's just super fucking cool. Or a less agreeable $6 million man. <laughs> yes. Um, which not for nothing could have been the reboot for that. Maybe that's what they should call this show. The less agreeable $6 million <laughs> man. It's an awfully long title. I mean, hard to put on a poster. But... <laughs> what was the title of our new podcast? <laughs> More stories about white people. <laughs> right up there with that title. The less agreeable $6 million man. <laughs> Uh, man, the dolls for that are going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> Look through the eye of the far less agreeable $6 million man. Yeah. But um, Blumhouse TV, along with uh, Universal Content Producers, UCP, are producing the adaptation. There's a few of them Blumhouse movies that could uh, easily be turned into TV shows. I'm sure they're working hard at it now. Isn't oh. The Purge a TV show? Yeah. It was a TV show. Recently canceled. Did they cancel The Purge? They did. So right did they do two seasons? They did two seasons of The Purge, and they canceled it in the same press release as they canceled Treadstone, which I worked on. Your old, your old boy, my man. old stuff, yeah, your old kid, your yeah, old baby, my old babe. Not so, how many seasons two. did they get? Uh, one, one season of Treadstone. Catastrophically expensive show. Really? Oh yeah, because they shot. So they were meant to go more than one season. It was meant to be uh, an ongoing affair, but you know the, the ratings were never all of that strong. And it was crazy expensive. Like they shot in Prague. And Did they ever get to mention Jason Bourne or no? Um, I don't believe they ever do. Sorry. <laughs> I remember uh, the asset. I think we called him. In the that's script. what it was called. Yeah. The asset. The child. If only you'd called it the child. The child. That show would have been a hit. <laughs> the babe. The babe with the power. <laughs> what power? There you go. There's your labyrinth too. Baby Yoda. <laughs> we already did it sorry guys it's all about how the goblin king steals baby yoda from john favreau and dave filoni <laughs> and then they're like we're fucked <laughs> what do we do now and i gotta you, go into the labyrinth to get a mountain shit have you watched any of the disney gallery documentary about the making of the mandalorian no behind the scenes thing. yeah it's a it's pretty fucking badass i mean the first episode is there's five up now i think the first episode is just like hey just welcome to the show it's a round table for the most part it's mm. it's favreau sitting with a bunch of people involved in it i think the first one's like directors and so they talk to Taika like and, a dinner for five right it's very much that you know dave filoni and and, <clears throat> and rebecca chow and like all the gang who, who put together the show and well bryce was and bryce dallas howard and uh but the fourth episode is all about the technology and it's all about they shared a video wall yeah the, they, they walk you through the volume and how 
you know, Favreau was instrumental in sort of pushing them towards that. He's like, hey, we did some of this on, on Jungle Book and here's what it did incredibly well, but here's what was hard. Like you couldn't really adjust anything on the fly because it's all previs and it's all, you know, just changing lighting was a day long affair. And then he talks about the experience of Lion King where because everything is digital, you had more control and you could, you know, and then he got the idea of talking to, to game engine designers. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like guys who are like rendering real time footage in like photorealistic fashion. And they amp that version up to the volume, they call it, which is like this giant room. It's the size of a soundstage where like the floors and the ceiling and the walls are all fucking TV screens. The giant screens. I've seen them. I've been in the room with them when I was working on Kingdom Keepers for mm. Disney Plus before they killed it. Uh, they called me and they were like, we want to show you the, the tech that you're going to be using. I was like, all right. And they brought me into a room and they had the wall set up. And it was insane. Like, you know, if you, once you looked off the wall, you were like, oh, it's a giant fucking TV screen. And once it went off, it was like, oh, it's a giant monitor and shit. <laughs> but once they turned it on, if you tunnel visioned it and, you know, blinders, it you were in this post-industrial fucking mm. uh, kind of Blade Runner-ish looking set that went deep mm -hmm. um so that's the tech that they use you could program it yeah to have your backgrounds happening while the movie's happening totally and it's dynamic in camera where it's yeah. like if you decide you want to move it here the background will shift that was the most even on my phone i have mm. my cell phone and they were like go ahead shoot it and everywhere i went with my phone it shifted like the perspective of a camera like it all fucking moved it was insane amazing yeah and so that's what the fourth episode is all about and it's it's remarkable like a thing that you would not have thought possible five years ago and it will and i think especially now that we're in a world where we have to quarantine actors and it's the word man location shooting is difficult. a lot of that you know and, and fav even said and even talking like that kathy kennedy a bunch of the ilm guys and and they were all like yeah none of this is proprietary this is all like kind of open source software like we're not we didn't we didn't build anything that you couldn't build at home or yourself or in another studio. Like mm -hmm. we just put stuff together that hadn't been put together before. But if you want to do this, everybody else in the world, you can. And that idea of like, oh, this might be how production gets up and running. If, for big budget movies. For big budget movies. Or like even fucking TV. I mean, Mandalorian, like they spent. Well, I mean, big budget shit. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you're going to help out fucking Clerks 3. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying, yeah, but like I don't know if you need to do it for so like, boy, that convenience store looks deep. Oh, law and order. When we you made that courtroom, when so you huge. walk over here, it moves like hey, Jesus's Jesus, eyes. The snack perspective on the walls change, <laughs> but yeah, I think it, it it could very well be revolutionary in the way they shoot both big time movies and like big time TV shows. Uh, maybe what is are you working on uh, Picard? You think they'll wind up? I mean, it's possible. Because you know, there's a show that's like, you know, not like, hey, we're going down to the 7-Eleven. <laughs> usually always going to some fucked up yeah, place. Hey, listen, Alien Planet, we can do that real well. Let's show you how. Um, but yeah, you should watch that on the Disney Plus if you get a chance. If the, you like the, the Mandalorian. The making of. What yeah. is it called? Disney? The Disney Gallery, colon, The Mandalorian. My kid has been bugging me for a week. She's like, watch the Imagineering story. It will make you cry. And I was like, I don't want it. Like. I don't need help crying. Yeah, believe me. I fucking <laughs> kid. <laughs> There's one thing your father does well in this life. It's cry. Yeah, I got this. I, um, I, I admit I was little. I didn't want to watch it because like a lot of our Kingdom Keepers thing was like grounded in the Imagineering folks. So mm. I was like, I don't. It's honestly probably why I didn't watch that 
documentary too because i'm like they're going to show that wall yes they do and it's going to remind me that like we almost made a gigantic fuck off show <laughs> for disney that had every fucking piece of ip in it like every character mm. um so close yeah so close damn it but you know what more stories about white people <laughs> <laughs> that's what we just had kids uh up next yes fraggle rock down in fraggle rock yes i think we'll, we'll close it out with a little good news um, um is in other muppet news before we even dive into that did you get a taste of elmo's not too late show or whatever the fuck uh, it's called? I, I didn't did you adorable is it really really adorable uh I, I, I've had enough Elmo for my entire life. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> but just in terms of, it's not just Elmo. It's the entire Sesame Street cast. Here, my best, ex, my best description of mm -hmm. it. It is the Muppet show, but with the Sesame Street characters. Okay. So, like, they make it work. They're oh. in entertainment. And Elmo has to host the show early because Elmo goes to bed at 7.30. <laughs> Come nice. on, that's fucking adorable. That's adorable. It's really sweet. Maybe I will, uh, I will, I will look for something I want to watch on HBO Max, not find it, and then watch the Elmo show. Get a bottle of vodka. Sorry, HBO kick Max. back and watch the Elmo show. <laughs> like, like a grim, bitter old man watching a children's show. Mark's like sell out. <laughs> well, you got to go to bed early, do you? <laughs> not an entertainer. <laughs> Elmo used to be cool. Yeah, do what you come to a show in a bar elmo yeah where are where's elmo not here although he could easily work here we've got like a bar that he, somebody could stick him up yeah come on stick him up. <laughs> the art of puppetry that's my puppetry book stick him up the art oh of that's nice <laughs> uh back uh, to fraggle rock back to fraggle rock a new Isn't version happening somewhere right a now? new version of fraggle rock apple? has got a series order at apple wait it's not already happening um, they have a, a series of shorts, like a bunch of Fraggle Rock yes. shorts that are currently up there. What are they called? So now they're like, we're going to make whole shows. Yeah. Fraggle Rock Rock On Shorts, which recently debuted on Apple Plus. Um, but no, they're doing a full on like a whole Fraggle Rock Puppets show. or CG? Puppets. Back to puppets. Huh? Back to fucking puppets. Um, Hell yeah. Doozers included. Oh yeah. You can't do these without the doozers, man. Probably not the old gentleman who lived upstairs, right? Um... Well, let's see. It will re reunite the original stars, Gobo, Red, Boober, Moki, Wembley, and Uncle Traveling Matt. Oh, remember Traveling Matt? <laughs> um, but still, the guy who lived upstairs, no. Uh, probably not. That's a little like... He had a dog, though. Remember they had the dog? Sometimes it was a real dog. Sometimes it was a puppet dog. Shifty. I mean, they were Henson. They were like... It's an it's an animal. Let's replace yeah. it with a fucking puppet and give somebody a job. We'll give three guys a job. It's with gonna a be just dog. as adorable anyway. <laughs> um, I'm all, I'm all for it. Yeah. Am I gonna, who am I gonna stand in the way of Fraggle Rock? No, no. Not because there has to be joy. We um, all need joy. God, more the more joy uh, we can find, the better. And we hope that you found a little bit of joy tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Because that's all the news. That's all the news. And we're not doing questions. Fair enough. JC looked at the questions and was like, mm. nah, son. <laughs> um, shuffle off to Buffalo. No more questions. It was a sad day, Mark, and it's been a sad few days. And as we learned, it's, you know, it's pretty much it's a little bit of sad for you every damn day. It sounds like almost to some degree. But boy, oh boy, coming here was a nice little respite. It always is. Just yeah. a moment. And now we got to go back into it and stuff. Put on our 
uh, are literal and figurative <laughs> masks. Indeed. And head back out into the world and stuff. Um, but thanks to the audience for saying, yeah, do it. Um, otherwise, I probably would have been sitting home just watching the news obsessively. And Yeah, it was worth doing. It was worth doing. For sure. A smart man said, uh, we can come. What did he say? <laughs> Read that tweet again. <laughs> smart man said something. I don't know. I mean, you wrote it. Can't you say it? <laughs> I could, but you didn't ask me. <laughs> A smart man. What, what did he say? Mark said. <laughs> Mark, he's just content to watch JC quote you. Mark's like, yes. <laughs> say the words, JC. I am a quotable notable. Speak the words. Speak them loud. I think I might be... Imp- I think it might be important to do a show addressing both the things that are tearing us apart as well as the things that bring us together. Do you feel like we accomplished that tonight? I think we did. I think we did, man. Um, Thank you, uh, as always, to the man sitting to my left without whom there is no show, uh, Mr. Mark Bernard. Tonight, that absolutely would have been the case. Mm. Uh, If Mark was like, no, let's not do it. It wouldn't happen and stuff. Uh, but we stay home and watch the news more. Oh my God. Yeah, no. Uh, I, you know, honestly, like yesterday I shot a short film, so I was off Mm. the internet and the news for like 12 hours straight. And then when everything we wrapped at like one in the morning and stuff, and then I was like, I'm going to sit down, smoke a joint and see what's happening in the world. (laughs) Uh, Oh no, 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 no. This is, this was welcome. This was nice. Um, as nice as it can be in times like this. Look out for each other, everybody. Uh, remember yes. your humanity. More importantly, remember everyone else's humanity. I hate to be this person and stuff, and it's very easy for me to say, but we are all in this together. All we have is each other. That's it. So let's, uh, let's be a lot better to each other. Maybe that's where it starts, like Mark said. That and all the financial stuff with Bruce Wayne and whatnot. A lot of infrastructure. Yes, yeah, really, really. I mean, billionaires, stop spend, wasting your money on bat pods, <laughs> on bat bikes, bat anything. Yeah. I mean, I get it, Elon Musk. You want to throw people into space. I understand. <laughs> but maybe the people here could also use a little bit of throw help. them a bone. Yeah. Um, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the, thanks for hanging out with us here at the Scum and Villainy Cantina. Thanks to JC for letting us in. Thanks to Andrew for making it happen. There's no Andrew shot, you'll see. Nope. JC gets his own dedicated camp. He just gets a disembodied Andrew's voice. In a, he's in a dark Harry Potter under the stairs little <laughs> corner <laughs> where just, he yells out facts and changes just, cameras. Just waits for somebody to give him a sock so he can finally have his freedom. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Dobby reference? <laughs> Master gave me a sock. I have clothing. Dobby's free. Is that what it's predicated on? Is if he owned a if he owns a piece of clothing, he he he's deserving of freedom. And so Harry Potter gives him not a shirt, not like pants, for some dignity. Gives him a fucking sock, and Dobby's like over the moon. Master gave me a sock. We write that. Fucking Dobby gets a cock ring <laughs> <laughs> or a condom, something. That, is this even clothes? Yeah. And it's just him like the fucking Red Hot Chili Peppers with that sock <laughs> on his dick. <laughs> give it away. Give it away. Give it away now. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away now. Dobby, you don't wear it like that. You can't tell me what to do anymore. I got a sock. I'm free. Dobby swings low. Suck my sock dick. <laughs> Um, Dobby's gonna get some wet. 
Oh, good Lord. Yeah. There it is, man. You're welcome, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> I know. You just improved her shit, man. Where were you when she was drafting? You hung out with her in the pub. She was like, what could this elf do? You'd be like, you can put a sock on his dick, number one, just like the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's Dobby's big dick. Dobby says when. Dobby's ready to shoot now. <laughs> that was Dobby in Boogie Nights. <laughs> For those of you who are a little lost, thinking Mark's punchy or overtired or maybe having a stroke, both was actually brilliant as he took Dobby and stuck him into fucking Boogie Nights. Dobby Nights is the movie I didn't know I wanted to see. HBO Max, Dobby Nights. Let's Two go. words. <laughs> Dobby Nights. Anthology. Is Dobby hitting all the like seven deadly Just sins? A Christian, oh, the time has it's come. Dobby learning Dobby learning to be like a human. Yes, totally. So he has to face all the shit that we face. So it's like a coming of age story, but with a house elf <laughs> <laughs> with a sock on his dick. And he has to learn to wear clothes and shit like that. This thing writes itself. And HBO then at the Max. very end, he like turns his back on being a human. It's like, I'm just wearing the sock. I don't need the suits anymore. That's right. That's how he, and he learns to love himself right. with the sock on his dick. Clothes. I'm Dobby. Dobby only needs his cock sock. Look, cock sock. That's a better name. <laughs> that will make people tune in. Dobby and the cock sock. Who ain't watching that show? Holy fuck. J.K. Rowling presents Dobby and the cock sock. I've named it. He who shall not be named. My cock sock. Cock sock a kiss. <laughs> and then the sock. Oh, yeah. Of course it does. Sucks you off. <laughs> Why would you take it off? I know. It can't come off. <laughs> uh, well, you come. Just well, not off. In. My cock's got vagina dentata. And just like, you know how she said, I think she said on the internet, she didn't say in the books, but like, you know, people ask her questions, mm. J.K. Rowling, be like, where, where did all the wizards poo or whatever? She gave them an answer. <laughs> she was just like, they've, they, they, it all match. They don't have sewer systems. It just, they vanish it. Of course they do. I mean, why not? They they make food appear, so why wouldn't you make the food disappear? I would like that dude to come to the alley behind the bar. <laughs> no kidding. A couple loads out the back door, man. I know we shouldn't be bitching about that, but still, we almost stepped in human poop. I know. But, um, yeah. And that's like the shit job for the worst wizard. Like, what's your job? Oh, I, I get rid of Dementors. Me? Oh, I mine the bank at Gringotts. What do you do? I disapparate all of the feces. You know, like, oh, thank you, number one. Thank you for your service. <laughs> yes. Thank you, number um, one. Thank you for the number two. But number two, ew. Where do they all go? Um, if each one is responsible, like, apparently it's a spell you learn, like, right away, where it's just like, you never have to deal with shit again. Mm. So it, you drop it, you squat, you drop, yeah. and then it magics someplace. Is it going to a different dimension where they're like, what the fuck? Maybe that's where that shit in the line the came from. Interdimensional shit. Hogwarts shit back then. Yeah, some of that Hogwarts shit. Hogwarts shit is the, the two-word fucking title of the review of our Dobby and the Cocksock show. Hogwarts, Hogwarts shit. shit. <laughs> um, there it is. I bet you didn't think we were going to fucking... Uh, fan fiction rights of goddamn Harry Potter stories, did you? It's like we couldn't help ourselves. Like we ended the show, like kind of such dignity at the beginning of the show, and, and then all of a sudden at the end, we're like, "What if you put a sock on his dick?" Yeah, but like, no, we even like literally ended the show with like, "All right, guys, take care of each other, be good to each other." 
What if Dobby wore a <laughs> cock? That's, believe me, right? We're gonna get off, we're gonna get off this show, go to the internet, and that's when all the hate is gonna come. They're like, they were so close to getting out clean. Man, it's and like super sudden, classy. Dobby. They said some real shit about some real shit, and then went off the rails. Although, if somebody wants to send any portion of this to J.K. Rowling, love it. Yeah, she would love it. Kind of imagine she'd get a chuckle out of it. She I might correct so. us with a tweet. That would never happen for these reasons, and then write the <laughs> mythology right there. Right. Like, Dobby's house elves, turns out, eunuchs. All of them. Really? Oh, shit. That's darkness. <laughs> that's <laughs> you, darkness. you took it into... I wasn't, that's like the Black Mirror version of our show, where suddenly Dobby's got no dick to put a sock on. No cock for a Just sock. That, like, that's the sequel series. <laughs> no cock for a sock. <laughs> oh, God. This shit writes itself. <sighs> the HBO Max. You want to go Max? We got the idea. We got it. And then there's a scene of him in the mirror, like at the end of fucking Boogie Nights. <laughs> His big dick, but now there's no dick at all. Just star, a star, a bright shining star. <laughs> and he goes in and cleans the house again. Not because he wants to. No. Not, not because he has to. And that's the yes. that's the growth that Dobby He shows. wants to. Yes. He takes pride. In his I wouldn't honestly, I wouldn't have thought about Dobby for like 10 years. I'm so glad you brought him up. Because I'm gonna go home and rock my wife with a bunch of Dobby jokes. <laughs> She's gonna be like, where'd this come from? I don't, you know, I'm just, yeah, just I'm well read. I'm literary. I'm just a man in the world. You, you, you discover some shit. Wait a second. You just talked about it on your show. This is Mark Bernardin's jokes. I'm like, yeah, yeah. They're all Mark Bernardin's jokes. Yeah. Um and this show has been Mark Bernard's <laughs> joke, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> our third title. Thanks for hanging out with us Indeed. here on Fat Man Beyond. For Fat Man Beyond, I'm Kevin Smith. I'm Mark Bernard. Tune in next time. Same fat time. Same fat channel. Smodcast.com or YouTube.com slash Kevin Smith. Be peaceful, folks. I held up three feet. Be, peace. Be peaceful. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com.